Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them God's about ready to wreck you. Amen. You can be seated. We're just, we're just pumped about Jesus. Amen. Anybody happy you got Jesus in your life? Amen. You got Jesus and you got the Word, right? You got the Word. We're going to get the Word. If you're here tonight and you don't have a Bible, you can hold your hand up. I should bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. Get into the Word of God every single day. Man, find some scripture and, and, and read it and meditate on it, think on it. You know, uh, word is important. You, you know, that, lamp, that word is a lamp unto my feet. His word is going to uh, enlighten you. It's going to bring direction and insight and revelation and discernment and guidance into your life. And there's way too many Christians that aren't getting enough word. Man, most of us, I, I think, you know, the reality is most of us aren't getting enough of the word of God. And so you, you, you just can't get too much, right? You, you just can't get too much. You got to get in the Word. You got you to get an appetite for the Word of God. You got to build that appetite. And, and, and you know, because words turn into thoughts and thoughts, you know, turn into emotion and it takes you all the way down at the end result. And, uh, but think about this. If you get the Word of God and you start meditating the Word of God and spending time in the Word of God, uh, it, it'll begin to change the way you think, right? And you'll begin to think different thoughts. How many of you have had an experience in your life when at, at, at the beginning of a thing you were thinking something, but, but somehow you wound up getting in the Word and it started changing the way that you were thinking about that thing, right? Started, started seeing something different. And, and here's what's cool is that if you take God's Word and begin to meditate on God's Word, it won't be long till you're thinking God's thoughts, Man, you can be thinking the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God. Isn't that awesome? I just think that's awesome. He said, hey, my thoughts aren't, aren't, aren't like yours. My, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It wasn't a, wasn't a put down. It was an invitation up. Come up and start thinking, thinking the thoughts that I think. And see, uh, a thought, uh, a word is a container. It's like a capsule that contains the thought. And the thought carries within it an image. So it's like you have the word, you know, cat, and you, you know, you, you and now, now that you know what a cat is, when you hear the word, you, you see the image, you see a cat. And, and uh, uh, you know, and, and so words create thought, and thought contains an image. And, and uh, you know, if, if you said the, uh, the word motorcycle to me, I see a Harley Davidson. If you say the word motorcycle to somebody else, they might see a ruckus. Okay, they're wrong. Just say. Okay, uh, but but so so a lot of times there's a word that's coming from God, but but the but the image that comes up in your mind isn't the one that He sees. Well, we need to think about this for just a minute. We can spend enough time with God and in His presence and with His Word. Would it not be cool? This is what God's talking to me about right now. That that He said that when I say a word to you, I want you to see what I see. I, I want you to embrace the reality that, that a lot of times, and he's talking to me, a lot of times you'll hear something and you'll see your own picture. That's not what I see. And I, I want you to spend time and meditate. That's why he said meditate day and night. Meditate day and night. Spend some time in here. Get in the spirit and spend some time in that word and begin, begin to see the same image that I'm seeing. Then you'll begin to make sense of things that don't make sense to you. And then you'll be able to do some things that you couldn't be able to, you couldn't even get started before. Why? Because you're, you're going to be thinking my thoughts. You need more of the Word of God. 
I said, you need more of the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, get in that book. Hey, let's, let's hold our Bible up in the air, lift it up, make a confession together. Lift up your Bible, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I'm going to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to remain the same. I'm changing. I'm starting now. I have a, I have a desire to, to, for us to actually do this. Not just, not just confess it, but do this, okay? We're, we're, we're going to grow and we're going to change. Amen? I think we ought to give God one more shout, one more praise. Thank you for his word. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we, we, we started a series just a few weeks ago, and we're going to keep pressing in. And, and uh, I want to really encourage you. Man, I'll tell you what, I've had quite the week with the Lord. And, and uh, there have been a few moments that we've gotten into some conversation, and it was so intense and so, I mean, it is so clear. And, uh, and I've sat around, I've talked to all kinds of people and, and been sharing. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something. God's, God's getting ready to do something in your life that you want it to happen, okay? You want it to occur. And, and, and God is leading us and guiding us. He's taking us to a place. He's not working on you for the place you're at. He's preparing you for where you're headed. Okay, God's always working on you, and he's preparing you for where you're headed. And, and a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we've been stuck in the same spot for a long time. And it's not because of the circumstances. We think it's because uh, of the circumstances that surround us, but really it's because of what's going on on the inside of us. And, and if, we could, if we could embrace some change on the inside of us, we could get to some different places. We could, we could accomplish some different things. And, and, and you know, and we started this series, and, and we started talking about, I think myself happy. I think myself happy. And I, you know, and, and I want you to know that you can think yourself healthy. And you can think yourself wealthy. And you can think yourself blessed. And you can think yourself, and, and as a man thinketh, so is he, right? So we know the Bible. So, uh, uh, you, you know, you have the right and the ability to think anything you want. Hello, somebody. You can think anything you want. Now, a lot of what you think, you ought not be thinking that. Right? But if you want, you can think the thoughts of God. It, but, but you have to be willing to embrace that and, 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 and just begin to, to see things differently. And, uh, and so I, I, got to, I got to pray and got to spend some time with Jesus and we got in the Holy Spirit and we got into the Word. And, and man, I'm telling you, uh, it, I, I hope you take note. I hope you're a note taker. And by the way, if this is your first time here, if you will uh, take the info card and go across there after service and, and uh, go to the info center, uh, they'll give you this book. And, and it's, just, uh, it's a, uh, just a notebook. And you, you get one of these and you can begin to take notes. If you begin, uh, if you will continue, you will become a great note taker. If you, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, started taking notes, uh, I would challenge you uh, to stop wasting your time It, it, see, Mark 4.24 says it's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear that determines whether or not it's going to have any power in your life. And, and, and you know, and I, I know people that have been in church for years and years and years, and, uh, and you know, they, well, I've heard that. No, you, you need to spend some time going back over uh, what, what's, what God's speaking to you so that it can actually have power in your life, right? So, so man, become a note taker. Huh? Come on, become a note taker. Uh, uh, and, and start spending time, M make a decision. I'm going to learn some stuff. Look at somebody say, I'm, I'm here to learn. Amen. We show up to grow up, right? We're going to show up to grow up. So uh, I, 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 I'll just ask some questions. Um, I'll ask this side. 
How many miracles did Jesus perform? I'll go over here to maybe we have Bible people. See, because you're in your book. How many miracles did Jesus perform? A lot. Yeah. Okay. Just checking out your Bible IQ so I know where, where to teach from. Uh, okay, 37. Jesus performed 37 miracles. How many of them are recorded? How many of the 37 miracles that Jesus performed are recorded in all four of the Gospels? Okay, just like I said, just checking your Bible IQ. So, I, okay, I got to back up here. Okay, so uh, one. So out of the 37 miracles, see, you probably should have written that down. There is going to be a test, and if you can't pass the test, you can't leave the building. Um, we, sh- we should have a little test, and you can't get ice cream or something like that. You know? but, but anyways, uh, out of the 37 miracles Jesus performed, one is listed in all four Gospels. Several of them are listed in three of the Gospels, some two, some one. But, but only one is listed in all four of the Gospels. And if there's one miracle that Jesus performed that's in all four of the Gospels, then there's probably something about that miracle that we ought to focus on and pay attention to because nothing is included in the Bible over and over again just for redundancy's sake. There's nothing in there that's just in there because, well, man, we got you know, to fill up some gap. So it's in there. And this one miracle is in all four Gospels. So we ought to look at it. We ought to learn something. Right? And, and I, I would ask, which one do you think it is? But... Obviously, that's going to be a waste of time, too. So, okay, so let's just jump into it. It's when he fed 5,000, okay? The feeding of 5,000 is the one miracle that's in all four of the Gospels. And, 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 you know, I've been in church my whole life, and I've heard all kinds of stuff uh, on, you know, coming out of the Scripture. But, uh, but I hope I can share something with you tonight that will maybe begin to help you change the way you think. Because when it's in all four, if you, if you, if you would go, and I, I want to really encourage you to go this week and, and find it in all four of the Gospels and read it and, and, and get kind of the, the overall, the big picture. See, because you can read it, you can get the big picture, you get several different perspectives of the same event. And, and, and you begin to see something that's there that when you just read it in one, that, that it's just not the same. And so you get in and you read it in all four Gospels, start, start looking at it, and, you, and, and, and there's this story and there's this thing that's happening there. And, and there's a lot more going on than, than what just, you know, randomly catches your, your mind. And, and so let me give you just a little bit of the backstory because it's obvious that you probably haven't read it. And I'm just messing with you. I, I know you're all... Insanely educated, okay, uh, in the Word of God. Okay, but here's what's happening. Is, uh, remember the guy named John the Baptist? Okay, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Okay, and a matter of fact, uh, uh, he, he was just, I don't know, just a few months older than Jesus, and, uh, uh, and, and their moms got together, and John the Baptist leapt within the, the womb of his mama, right? And John the Baptist had one purpose in life. And that was to prepare the way of the Lord. And so he went about and he was teaching and preaching and baptizing people and he was getting stuff ready. And, and he really opened a lot of doors for the ministry of Jesus. He was in the ministry about the same length of time, uh, but not, you know, but he started a little bit earlier and his was ended early. His was ended when he was beheaded 
And uh, the king who took his head off didn't want to, but he had put himself in an awkward spot and somebody took advantage of him. And so he had to take John the Baptist's head to hold his own integrity, so he thought. And so they killed John the Baptist and, and, and they came and they were telling Jesus about everything that had been happening and, and everything that they'd been doing. And along with all of the great things that had been going on, they were really, they'd been insanely busy. I'll show you here in a minute. Jesus and, his, and, and, the, and the disciples have been very, very busy. But they get word that John the Baptist has died. Now think about this for just a minute. You're Jesus, your cousin, who's lived his entire life to prepare the way for you. And so doors have been opened for you because of him. And now he has been beheaded kind of because of you. And, and, and so he's, a, he's not only uh, physically depleted, but now he's emotionally uh, uh, stressed. And he looks at his disciples. Well, matter of fact, let's just read this in Mark chapter 6. Uh, did I give you that? Uh, the apostles gathered to Jesus and they told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said, hey, let's come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. And, 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 and let's rest a while. And, and I get this picture because here's what's happening is that Jesus and the gang are going to go on a little mini vacation. And he's going to take them aside and we're going to spend some time and we're just going to minister to each other. And, 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 and you know, and we'll, 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 let's go away by ourselves. And, and look at this. There were, and there were, there were so many coming and going and they hadn't even had time to eat. I mean, you got to get this, man. He's, he's going around doing miracles, and people are, 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 are hot on his tail, okay? And this is a pretty heavy-duty, intense season in his ministry. And, and verse 32 says that uh, uh, they departed to the deserted place in the boat by themselves. Everybody say, by themselves. And so they're going to go someplace. They're going to get some rest. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay, you know, because every once in a while, hey, every, every once in a while, you kind of need to get off by yourself and just spend some time in, in, in the presence of the Lord and just kind of renew, refresh, restrength, revive, restore. Hello. And, and now, now look at this in verse 33. Uh, it, did, did I give you that? No. Okay, let, let me just tell the story. So by the time they get there, the people who are on, on land, when they get around to the other side of the island where they're headed to the, to the resort area, 5,000 men plus women and children had beat them there. Some of these people had traveled over five miles on foot. They ran ahead of them, and they got there. And when Jesus was getting off the boat, the Bible says that he had compassion on them, and he began to minister to them. He began to minister to these people because, you know, he saw their need. And what are the disciples doing? Well, they're doing what Jesus is doing, and, and they're ministering. And, and, and towards the, the late in the day, towards the end of the day, you, you know, remember the story? They came to Jesus, and they said, hey, let's send these people away. Let's, let's send them away so that they can get into town and get something to eat. And, and I'm telling you that the disciples weren't really as worried about the people as, as we might think. They were more worried about themselves because they were tired. They were, they, they were physically spent. They were emotionally spent. They were ready. You know, all they wanted to do is, hey, we just want to sit down. We just want to sit down. And, and so let, Jesus, let's, let's send the people away. And Jesus says, don't send the people away. But, but have them, have them, matter of fact, have them sit down. Have them sit down, put them in groups of 50, and, and, uh, and let's feed them. And the disciples are saying, man, we can't afford to feed these people, number one. Number two, we ain't, we ain't got nothing. It's kind of crazy because the disciples showed up, and they didn't have anything. They hadn't planned even for themselves. They, they didn't have nothing for them. They didn't have nothing for Jesus. Now we've got 5,000 men plus women and children. We're supposed to take care of these guys. And, and, uh, and you know, we just, we just kind of want them to move on so that we could get the, remember, remember the vacation we're taking? We'd kind of like to go ahead and get on with that, you know, because it ended before it got started. And Jesus, again, you know, he's just like, no, break them into groups of 50. Hey, they ain't got no PA system. 
you know, how, this is going to take some time, guys. You're going to take some time just to get them in groups of 50. And, and, and remember, they bring them that, that, the, the Lunchable. And, and they got a little boy that's got a lunch, and, and, and they bring it to him, and he takes it, and he, he, and he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it, and then they go out and they feed the 5,000. And then when they're done, there's 12 baskets left, one for every one of the disciples. And, uh, you know, in, in this story, what we're looking at is, is an amazing release of supernatural abundance. Yeah, I just, I just want you to wrap your brain around this for just a minute. Just think about it. There is a release of supernatural abundance, okay? Supernatural abundance. Earlier this week, uh, uh, because uh, I, I, I've been talking to you and, and, and God's been talking to me and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and you got this, have this thought, what do you know that is preventing you from knowing what you need to know that will take you where you need to go? So I'm, I'm I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, God, let's get, let's get, let's get down with this. Let's, uh, what do I know that is preventing me from taking me where I need to go? And God says, okay, you, you want to go there? Yes. What do I know? And he said, well, let's start with something easy. Let's start with something simple. Okay. Why did Jesus come? I know I got the answer for that one. Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. And he said, okay, there you go. What you know is preventing you from knowing what you need to know that would take you where you need to go. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can prove that this is why Jesus came, but what do you mean what I know? And he goes, no, it's what you know is preventing you from knowing what you need to know that'll take you where you need to go. And, well, what do you mean? And he says, okay, let's use one of your life verses. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. John 10, 10 in the Amplified is really cool. And she'll, she'll throw it up there. Check this out. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have and enjoy and have it in abundance. Everybody say in abundance. abundance. See, Jesus didn't come so that you could have life. He came so that you could have abundant life. Jesus came so you could have abundant life. Now, if you settle in and say, well, I know that he came that I could have life. Well, well, most people think eternal life starts, you know, when, when you die, right? So it's life after death. But God said, no, he came so you could have life before death. So that you could have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack. Hello, somebody, more healing than sickness right here, right now. But if you're thinking he came for life, no, he came that you would have abundant life. And this, listen to what God told me, and, and, and this is where we're going to be going. And this is why you want to write some stuff down and give some thought and study to it. Because he said the next, the next step for, for all of us is to step into the supernatural abundance that God has for us. And he said, you do not need to be afraid to believe me for abundance. You should be ashamed if you don't. Because if you don't believe for abundance, then you wasted Jesus' time. And I know, well, you know, God meets our needs and we need to be content. And, what, and if you get past need, you're going to step into greed. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to have a collision with abundance in your life. And it, and it ain't about so that you can lavishly spend on yourself. It's so that you can be positioned to do what God has called and anointed you to do. And so that you can have real prosperity. You know, we, we, we know that the, uh, the thoughts that God has for us, right? I know the thoughts that I've been thinking towards you, declares the Lord, thoughts to 
prosper you, not to harm you, thoughts to give you hope and a future. And prosperity, and you need to write this down, prosperity is the ability to respond in a godlike fashion in any situation. Prosperity is the ability to respond in a godlike fashion in any situation so that God could lead you into any situation and that you could respond in any situation the way God would. But without abundance flowing in your life, you're not really in a great place to do that. And, and, and God's going to lead us into a place where there is insane abundance. But again, it ain't about you. So let's get back to our story, okay? Let's get back to the story because this story is all about supernatural abundance. We had, we had you know, a couple fish, a few loaves, and, and, we're, and, and then we're packing up. And the guys each have a basket. Guys who came with nothing walked out with a full basket. See, I believe that some of you come, come with nothing, but God wants you walking out with supernatural abundance and proof that God is in your life. Could you imagine what would happen to your coworkers if every time they saw you, you walked in, you had nothing, but you walk out and you have supernatural abundance? What would happen in your house if your kids saw you and you ain't got nothing, but by the end of the story, you're walking out and you got supernatural abundance? What would happen to you if you could go through the town and demonstrate supernatural abundance? You probably wouldn't have to ask the question, do you know how hot hell? is you know we're we're, we're going to be reaching a society that a lot of these people out here outside you know we're believers but a lot of people you know they don't even know if heaven's real they don't know if god's real they don't know if the devil's real they don't know if hell's real but let me tell you something that they know that they know abundance is good and so what we have to look at and, and you need to get this is that it's my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance. Now you're gonna have to write fast because time's flying. Okay, it is my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance. Now, real quick, I, I want us to look at a verse, and we all know this: Romans 12:2. And, and in the New King James, he said, "Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Don't, don't let this world squeeze you into its mold, but let God shape you from the inside out. See, to be conformed is to, is, to be, is, to, is to be submitted to outward pressure and shaped into a form. To be transformed is to be changed from the inside out, so the pressure inside of you begins to, be, to, to come out of you. And then you can prove what's good, acceptable, perfect. I, I love it in God's Word translation. And again, I'd encourage you to read that in about 21 different translations which most of you carry around on your phone, right? But in God's word, look at it. It says, don't become like the people of this world. Now, if the Bible says don't do something, guess what we better not be doing? Are you, are you here? If the Bible says don't become, then you better not become that. Well, how would you become it? Well, you would have started it, and you would continue it until you become it. And a lot of us are continuing things in our life that was started a long time ago. And it wasn't even our decision. It's just the way we were brought up, the way we were raised, the area we were born in, all that stuff. But he said, hey, hey, man, you got to look at the thing that you are continuing in your life because that's the thing that you know that's going to prevent you from knowing what you need to know that can take you where you need to go. Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, instead, change the way you think. Instead, change the way you think, then you will always be able to determine what God really wants. Dude, this is awesome. 
Now, here's, here's, what, here's what most of us have to struggle with, is we think we already know what God really wants. But you're thinking ruckus, and he's thinking Harley. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Did you know that if you got into the Word, that he would reveal to you the thoughts that he's been thinking towards you? He said, if, if, you'll if you'll let it, it'll change the way you think, and you'll always be able to determine what God really wants. You won't be guessing. You, 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 and that's kind of what Jesus began. Jesus began to teach the disciples, Romans 12, 2, before there was Romans 12, 2. Send the people away. And listen to what he said. Listen, number one. Do not do what you were thinking about doing. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, that's good for you. Okay, don't just do. Okay, how many of you have experienced needs? Wow, a bunch of you guys, we need to hang with you. You ain't got no need. Who's the need meter? Well, that's, that would be God. He said, I will supply all your need. Well, it, when there's need present, what you have to remember is that abundance is being developed. See, a lot of times we get hyper-focused on the need, but we, we don't realize we're not thinking right. We're not thinking like God thinks. We're not thinking God's thoughts. And, and when need is present in your life, abundance is being developed. Need is an indicator that God's up to something awesome. It's not an indicator that you're going under. It's not an indicator that you've done something wrong. It's not an indicator that you're an idiot. It's an indicator that God is developing abundance for your life. God is going to develop it in the middle of your need. He is in the process of creating amazing abundance. And he says, don't do what you're thinking about doing. We, we think wrong. We all, our first thought, you know, a lot of times in the middle of need. And these guys are just like, man, this ain't going to work. We can't handle this stuff. Send them people away. Do not do what you were thinking about doing. And listen to what he said next. He said, have the people sit down. So number two, number two is this. Have them do what you were hoping to do. Oh, man, we just want to sit down. We just want to rest. We just want to have our vacation. And he said, you know what? You got off the boat. You saw the same need that I did. How about this? How about we have others do what we were hoping to see ourselves do? I mean, you want to release abundance or you just want to get the people away? You want to see the provision of God or do you just want to have an afternoon break? No, I want what God wants. Hello, somebody. So I, I, I want, why? Because it's my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. See, he, he's teaching them, hey, you, you got to change the way you think. You got to stop putting you first. See, you, you, it can't be about you. You can't be moving and motivated by what's going to help you. You, you, have to, you have to look around and, and in the middle of your need, I promise you, you'll find a need that you can begin to meet. Can you imagine this, the mind storm that's going through these guys' head? Because, man, we, we, can't, afford, we can't afford to do anything about this need. This, you know, there's 5,000 men plus women and children. We ain't got nothing. And here's Jesus saying, you know, hey, don't, do, don't send them away. Don't do what you're thinking, uh, but just flow with me here. Let's, start, let's have the people start sitting down and have them do what you want to do. And, and, and this is going to take some time. Let's break them up into groups of 50. Dude, uh, can you imagine what th this storm is? I mean, you're going to have to keep a decent attitude because uh, uh, there's a process taking place here. There's steps that are taking place here, and you might want to write this down, that abundance always comes in steps. 
See, I think a lot of us want abundance. We think that when abundance comes, it's going to be dropped off out in the you know, driveway. Abundance always comes in steps. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's causing all things to work together for your good, right? So, so if we really believe that, then we need to be in tune with God so that we can determine what God really wants. So that we can do what God really wants, not do what we really want, because what we really want is going to lead us away from abundance instead of collide us with it. See, change the way you think. It's, it's not the thought. Don't, it, well, I, well, then I'm just start thinking new things. No, you have to, it's the way you think. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. It's the way. It's the, it's the path. Your thoughts are, are a path that are taking you to a place, you, and it's leading you away from it. Listen. If you don't have supernatural abundance operating in your life right now, it's because the way you think it had been leading you away from it instead of causing you to collide with it. Shoot. You know what's really hard for us? To deal with the fact that we know stuff that's preventing us from knowing what we need to know. I'm a believer. I'll read my Bible. Is there abundance in your marriage? Is there abundance in your relationships? Is there abundance in your health? Is there abundance in your finances? Is there abundance? Because the way you think has led you to where you are. It is not people who have worked against you. These guys came to the table with nothing. Now, God's asking them to meet the need of 5,000 others. We can't afford it. Which leads me to whatever number I'm on. No, I've given you more than three already. Because one is don't do what you were thinking. Two is have them do what you were hoping to do, right? Three, what did I say three was, Shelp? Huh? Abundance comes in steps. Thank you. Abundance comes in steps. So this is like number four. I'm even making them up as we go, but I know where I am. Okay. okay. Number four is never take your eyes off the source. Never take your eyes off the source. The boys will get together and they'll go have lunch. They'll go to a place on Tuesdays, has Taco Tuesdays. It's a buck a piece. They'll get in the car and go to their house and load up on Top Ramen or something. When they go out, you know, it, the menu has two sides. Every parent here can relate. The menu has two sides. There's, on, on the left is the listing of offerings, right? Hamburger, cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger, double bacon cheese, and, and usually a small description. On the right is the price. Okay, when they go to lunch together, they just go down the, the right-hand side and they find what's cheap and they look over there and say, yeah, I'll do that. I took them to lunch this week and the right side of the menu disappeared. <laughs> huh? It, no, yeah, Todd's like, hey man, this is most exciting he's been in weeks. It's just, it's just gone. Why? Because daddy's at the table. When daddy's at the table, 
<laughs> he's Jared Jr., okay? He, he, he is El Shaddad, okay? And, and, and he, he's, he's going he's gonna to come. He's got, he's got more than enough. He's going to take care of me. you got to remember that Daddy's at the table. Come on, somebody. I said Daddy's at the table. You ain't got to look at the right side if you're doing what he really wants. But in the middle of that need, see, all we're thinking about is I can't afford it. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And God is trying to collide you with supernatural abundance because it's my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance in my life. It's what he's teaching them. This is so important that it's in all four of the God, the only one. Of 37 miracles. It's the only one. I thought it was about taking fish and breaking fish and blessing fish and handing fish out. No, that's what he was doing. Hey, look, let's look to the Father. You guys are getting overwhelmed here. I know you can't afford it, and I know that you don't think we have enough, but you aren't the source. He is. See, God wants you to collide with supernatural abundance. In the middle of your need, he opens a door and has you begin to do something for somebody else that you wish was being done for you. Just begin to make that happen. Well, how can I make it happen for them? I can't make it happen for me. I can't afford that for me. How can we do that for a multitude? Don't worry about that. Daddy's at the table. Daddy's at the table. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to look at somebody and say, Dad's at the table. Mm, Dad's at the table. I think we ought to clap and give God shouts and pray. Thank him. He's, Daddy's at the table. I want to look at Matthew 16 real quick. This is shortly after this story. They fed it. They've walked away with their baskets. A few days or whatever. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they're going, they're, they're, going, uh, they're going somewhere. You cannot consistently perform a test that's inconsistent with your character. Okay, character is really, 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 really important. We got to develop godly character. I said we got to develop godly character. You know what's cool? is that there's a couple of places where God bragged on himself. It's awesome. When, when God said, I am holy. You don't understand. That's God bragging about himself. I'm holy. You know what the word holy means? It, it means other than. It, it means one. One. It not, not like he's just one. No, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and we are one. It's the word Integrated which is where we get our word integrity. He's like, hey, here's the deal, is that you will never hear the Spirit contradicting the Son, or the Son contradicting the Father, or the Father contradicting the Son. Or you, you know, we are integrated. We have integrity. We have integrity. We don't change. Matter of fact, that's why when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. You, you want to know why? Because your name sucks. See, we, 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 we know your name. You, you don't have the kind of intent. Why? Because you, you're all over the place. Look what these guys did. They had been with Jesus. They had forgot bread. He broke the bread. He sent them home with baskets. Now when they got to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Oh, my God, this is their character. Is that nuts? 
They had forgotten to take bread. See, you'll end up, you'll end up in a place where you're empty again. Why? Because that's the way you roll. And you get there and, oh, shoot, man, here we are. And they forgot to take bread. Look, look at verse 6. And Jesus said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's kind of cool because he's starting to tell them something. And they're remembering they don't have bread. And he's going to teach them something new. And they're remembering they don't have bread. And look, what they, look at verse 7. And they reasoned among themselves, it's because we forgot the bread. It's because we forgot the bread. Listen, there's a reason the Bible lovingly refers to them and us as the disciples, okay? Okay, oh, he's upset because we didn't have the bread. He's upset because we forgot the bread. Now, he's getting ready to tell them something awesome. Verse 8, Jesus was aware of it. And he said, oh, you guys with your short bursts of faith, why are you worried because you didn't bring bread? Look, look at verse 9. This is awesome. Do you not understand do you not remember the five loaves, the 5,000? Do you not remember that he brought you through last time? Do you not remember when he picked you up out of the miry clay? Do you not remember when he put a rock under your feet when you had nothing to stand on? Do you not remember... When you were wandering around, single, ugly, all on your own, and he brought you a hot chick. Do you not remember when you were jobless, penniless, and he opened a door and you got a job? Do you not remember when you were under the gun and he elevated you up and saved your bacon? Do you not remember? Come on, gang. Think abundance. Because it's my response in the middle of my need that's going to release abundance into my life. I'm on a collision course with supernatural abundance if I cannot be conformed to, like the world. Is. So it's outward circumstances that are dictating my thought. No, I have to have an inward force that's stronger than the outward force so that I'm not distracted by what's going on outside because on the inside I know he's for me. He's taken me to a place not only where my needs are met, but where I get to be like him. I get to be a need meter. <laughs> I promise you, I promise you, that if you'll take some time and begin to meditate this and say, okay, God, what do I know that's preventing me from knowing what I need to know to get me where I need to go? Where do I need to go? I need to go to where there's supernatural abundance operating in my life. What do I know that's preventing me? What do I know? How many times have I sent the people away when I should have had them stay? How many times did I sit down when I should have made sure somebody else was sitting down? How many times should I have... Hello, somebody. Come on, begin to teach me. Show me your ways, oh God, so I can change mine. Because I remember. I remember. Oh, the overwhelming never-ending, reckless love of God. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. Still, you gave yourself. Huh? It's my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance into my life. Amen? Come on, bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute.
What's your response going to be to an invitation to let Him become the voice in your life? What's your response when He says, hey, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I want to give you rest. What's your response when He says, hey, I I want you to come and follow me. We're all going to pray a prayer together and I don't know, maybe you've prayed what we might call in the church the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed it a hundred times. Maybe you've never heard of it. But tonight, you're in this room and you recognize, man, here here is my response in the middle of my need. God, I surrender. I'm going to let you be Lord. I'm going to let you be Lord. If you're here tonight, you say, you you know what, Tom, I'm going to make this prayer. We're all going to pray it together. Nobody's going to call you out. But if if you're here and you say, you know what, Tom, I'm making this my prayer. I just want to agree with you in prayer right now. So I just want you to hold your hand up. Say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. It's awesome. Hold it up really high. I'm making it mine. I'm making it mine. I'm getting it right. I want everybody in here to pray this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. I choose to live for you and for you alone. Starting now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give God one more big shout.